Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. How in the world do you explore missions? Uh, You know, when you think about that, you're looking at how they do it, who they go to, why they go, uh, every aspect of it. And today on this program, we're going to look at that from a perspective I think you will really be intrigued by, blessed by, and I'm looking forward to this interview. Um, And so I hope you do as well. And again, it'll last about 30 minutes. So if you can set aside 30 minutes, uh, you may learn something, you may be challenged, and I pray that God would speak to you. That's the greatest thing, that he would speak to your heart about being right with him. That means being saved. Make sure you're saved. See what he wants you to do. See if you need to step out in faith and, and be obedient to him in an area of your life. Because as the introduction says, whether it's across the street or around the world, we are to be obedient to him and uh, sharing Christ with the lost and dying world. This is Bert Harper along with our co-host, Nathan Harper. Nathan, um, I'm really excited. I am about this uh, interview. We have one of our mutual friends, and he's brought his friend, and so we're going to make a new friend. But isn't it exciting to have Bo Hefner on the program, Nathan? Always. Bo's just a joy. Uh, for the few of us that are uh, privileged to know Bo, uh, it's, it's, a, it's just a joy to, to do so. Um, but hopefully, you know, what you hear is what you get on your radio uh, when, you, when you hear Bo. So hopefully after today, all of us will be able to say, hey, we know Bo. That's right. Uh, Bo knows. Uh, That's the whole idea (laughs) of it. Okay. But our our guest today, let me introduce him, is Bo Hefner. Bo's been with us two or three times, uh, youth work and then uh, just praying for missions and interviewing different things. But uh, he's he's part of the staff here at AFA, AFR. And matter of fact, he has the office just right across the hallway from me. So, uh, we pray about things, talk about things, and share things. So, Bo, it's good to have you, brother. It's good to be here. Thank you. And I, I really do mean that. You're your friend, and I, Nathan and I both have that. We like people that are the same, you know, today, <laughs> weather, no matter what. And so, yep. Bo's, Bo is qualified. But he's brought a guest, and I've known this person, but not well, and known a lot about him for quite some time. It's Jeff Lawrence. He is a pastor. He's pastor of Bethlehem Methodist Church, close to New Albany. Is the address New Albany or Myrtle? New Albany. Okay, because right in that area, it's so funny how some of them will be closer Mm -hmm. to New Albany, and and yet their address may be Myrtle, but New Albany, Mississippi. Mm -hmm. How long have you been there, Jeff? I've been there since 2003, so I'm almost going on my 19th year. Now, that's not supposed to happen in the United Methodist (laughs) Congregation. They're supposed to move them every three years, you know? Yeah, I don't have the answer to that because you're so true, and uh, I don't know how I've ended up there that long, but I've been very blessed to be there that well, long. Yeah. Nathan, he is a great guy, and Bethlehem has a, you know, uh, churches develop 
Uh, let me just say reputation, you know, and Bethlehem has got one of those that the word of God is preached, the missions is important, and people are loved, and Jesus is glorified. Nathan, I'd say that was a good quality there. Amen. It sure is. I mean, that's that's a good uh, descriptor and starting point for the New Testament church, you know, and uh, that's uh, that's really what we're talking about today is is how a church, you know, that follows Jesus how can they follow him into the mission field and into the uttermost parts of the earth? Well, that's we're going to talk specifically about it, but I do want to ask one general question, and Nathan and I alternate on this, and you'll get a question. But Bethlehem, did they have a missional culture about going to different places when you got there, or was it developed in your heart and then the church caught a glimpse of it. Give a, The reason I love to hear this is because pastors go to churches where there's it's all about them. You know, yeah. it's just about their comfort. I know enough about Bethlehem, and it's had that reputation for quite a while about being concerned to people around them, mm-hmm. which I'd loved. Mm-hmm. When I was in Union County, they had that reputation before you ever got there. But they have developed into a more missional outgrowth. Tell me a little bit about that journey, if you would, Jeff. Yeah, when I got there, uh, Bethlehem was well known for its local missions. I mean, uh, they developed uh, mission work uh, where they had mission camps during the summertime, and they would go from uh, home to home repairing roofs and uh, building uh, ramps and anything that was needed so that they had that local mission mindset. Uh, And when I got there, uh, we began to develop a, a broader mission, uh, matter of fact, an overseas mission, and uh, they were okay with that. They caught that uh, glimpse, if you would, and uh, supported it, and they've been supporting uh, overseas missions in several different ways for the last, uh, you know, 17, 18 years that I've been there. Mm-hmm. So it was developed, but it was already there. Uh, in a sense. It expanded. Under it expanded. It had, yeah. Nathan, it's exciting to hear about expansion of missions, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, you definitely don't want to hear the other uh, direction, which, unfortunately, that's a very common thing these days. Um, you know, I think biblically it's important for the church to have a, you could call it a both-and uh, mm-hmm. mindset of both local and uh, international missions. and um, But a lot of times— you know, recently it's kind of been a trend where the global international focus gets scratched. And and we only, you know, you see churches saying we're only going to do local missions. Um, it's good that they're doing, you know, some locally, and that's important. But, you know, Jesus had a, a global vision. And so, you know, that's shared with his church. And so it's important that you see a church step out into a, a more international a more international global focus. Mm-hmm. It is. And, Bo, uh, I'm going to let you share with the people uh, the place you went to. Jeff had been there before, and we want to talk about that. But when you were asked, did you have to look for this place on the map, or did you know exactly where it was? When I was asked, I just said yes very quickly. <laughs> and um, I did have to look it for it on the map, and uh, I'm still kind of looking for it. But uh, we went to a lot of places there, but... Zimbabwe, Africa uh, will always be near and dear to my heart. Uh, and I, I'm thankful that Bethlehem and, and, and Wells Chapel both supported us uh, in, in going there. And, and so it's a, it was a special trip. So hopefully we get into that a little bit. Yep. Nathan, uh, Zimbabwe, 
Could you find it on the map real easily, or would you have to look for it a little harder? Um, I, I can kind of give you the general area, but yeah, I mean, sometimes these uh, borders kind of, they'll run together, even as, uh, as practices. I try to, I try to practice on, you know, finding my and identifying my countries and stuff, but, um, it's basically, uh, Southeastern Africa, the Southeastern portion of the continent of Africa, if I'm correct. You are correct. Yeah, I I had to look it up to make no know how to spell it correctly. My geography is a lot better than my spelling, guys. (laughs) I'll tell you that. But, Jeff, this was not your first trip to go there. Uh, It was Jeff's, but it wasn't yours, was it? Now, this is my second trip to Zimbabwe. Now, I had been three previous trips to Ghana, which is in West Africa, and Zimbabwe is in uh, more, you know, in the South Africa area. So, uh, it was my second time to go, but the group that I went with, a pastor from Kentucky, he it was his uh, maybe 12th year in a row that he's been there. And so that's who I partnered with, uh, uh, Tom Wilson, who lives in Kentucky. Met him in seminary. He has a passion for ministries. Worked with Cecil Williamson uh, Ministries. Uh, I know that's a very familiar name, especially in the state of Mississippi. And uh, that's where he got a contact to go to Ghana uh, in West Africa, and then he kind of moved toward the the South Africa area in Zimbabwe and has been doing mission work there for about uh, 12 or 14 years now. Amen. Nathan, go ahead. Yeah, Jeff, uh, just curious. Um, you know, this is not a deep theological question or anything. I might have one of those later, but just out of, curio- <laughs> just out of curiosity. So, you know, here in... Um, those of us that are listening that are familiar with uh, Mississippi and you could probably put any state in that blank, but there's a, you know, there's a difference in culture, let's say from North Mississippi to South Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a big difference in culture from West Africa to maybe East or South Africa? Yeah, that's a good question. And I would say um, the people in Zimbabwe uh, seem to be, um, I don't know how to put this in the right way, but they they in Ghana in West Africa, uh, the people were a little more aggressive, uh, just in their demeanor. You get to Zimbabwe, the people are just extraordinarily laid back, yeah. very kind, very considerate. Um, so yeah, that that culture part's a little different. But far as the way they worship um, and their everyday activities is pretty much the same. You know, when you hear that uh, language, was it it similar or completely different language? Well, pretty much in the in the entire uh, continent of Africa, most all of them will speak English. That may be their second second language, uh, but most all of those countries uh, schools are taught in English, so they'll know uh, a Shawnee language or uh, another tribal language. Most every single one of them that has any education at all speak English. So that makes it uh, fairly easy, uh, you know, to talk to people and so forth. You don't have to have an interpreter all the time? Well, we always used an interpreter, uh, but that was when we were in the village, uh, when we were way out in the bush at the ends of the world, you know. (laughs) We went there. uh, We would always use an interpreter, but there would be many there that could speak English also. Nathan, when I heard about the laid-back part of that, uh, you and I really did a lot of work in Nicaragua. Uh, It sounds like the laid-backness and the friendliness, the hospitality, uh, 
is real there. You know how it was in Nicaragua. When I was talking to these guys earlier. Sounds like their culture is the same that way. That's that is a great place to work, isn't it? Yeah, if you find a a, a people, a group of uh, folks who are uh, who know what hospitality is, can practice it, and can show that it makes um, um, there's always challenges, but it makes some of those challenges to mission work um, much easier to to manage. Um, Bo, Jeff, have you guys experienced some good hospitality uh, from Zimbabwe the last time you went? This is Bo. Um, on this trip, being my first, I was absolutely blown away in how they treated us. Um, they they took care of us from the time that we walked in to the time that we left, and we were a special people to them. They they truly believed that the hand of God is on America and on us, and so it was a it was a blessing to me to um, I, I seen Jesus in them. They served us in it, in every form that they could. So. Um, they were a picture of Jesus to me, even though we went there to be a, a picture of Jesus to them. So I know it blessed me, and it, it changed the way that I look at serving people. Well, let's talk about the reason for going. Uh, mission trips can be multifaceted, or they can have a singular focus or maybe a dual focus, sort of. Tell me about the focus of the mission trip to Zimbabwe. Yeah, we we had a two uh, twofold focus. One was our church had funded uh, building a church in Zimbabwe, which is in Nagangala. So we we built a church there. It was in one of the most poorest uh, villages in the entire uh, country. So we opened that church on the Sunday that we got there, and it was quite a celebration. I think Bo can uh, testify to that. There was, uh, you know, four or 500 people in the church, and then there was a hundred or more on the outside looking in to see what was going on. So part of the goal was to go to see the church, make sure that it's completed. The second uh, goal that we went on was purely evangelism. So we would have nightly crusades uh, where there'd be a lot of music, a lot of worship. Uh, it would draw a big crowd. I mean, everybody would come to that. Uh, we had some crowds. I know it was four or 500 people, maybe more than that. And then we'd preach the gospel, uh, and the team we was with would say, we're preaching the true gospel, because in Africa, they mix a lot of ancestral, tribal um, stuff along with the gospel, which creates a lot of problems over there, a lot of problems. So discipleship after salvation becomes vital. Absolutely, absolutely. So we, uh, we, we did plant uh, a church in a village that did not have a church, and we will supply that village now with a pastor. They get paid like $150 a week. I mean, uh, not a week, a month. I'm sorry. Oh. Uh, $150. Well, it was bad to start with, <laughs> yeah. and then it got worse, Jeff. Yeah. $150 bucks, uh, a month is what they get paid, and we, uh, uh, we'll give them a, a motorcycle so that they can ride from village to village. So it was to open up the church and to celebrate that and to have evangelism events. Bo, did you get to share with, I know your heart, family, man, somebody has six kids, got to be family somewhere along the line. We was praying for his family as he was gone, but uh, the other was youth. I know that. Did you get to experience any of the training or uh, with youth? Uh, we did in um, Nagangala. We had the opportunity to uh, pull some of the youth to the side and and actually had the first youth group meeting there. And um, towards the end of the trip, 
uh, we did some training with the pastors, and I got to be a part of that. And um, I can tell you after that training, not because of anything that I said, but I think the Holy Spirit worked to um, to open their hearts to the thought of these youth are important, and they are the next generation. So I had many pastors come up and, and guys saying, hey, we're, we're interested in this, and we're wanting to take it to the next level. So I know they have another meeting. It's uh, supposed to be this coming Thursday, I believe, in Nagangala with the youth. Um, there are some restrictions on that due to COVID at this point, but um, I really hope that that continues to go there. That is my heart, and I, I really – I'm waiting on my second trip like Brother Jeff has been on, so we can do that even more so. Um, those kids love us, and um, they, they bless their hearts. Nathan, I wanted to read a scripture now before you ask your next question or statement, and it's Psalm 67. We use this quite often, and the reason you do is because the first statement we use is a prayer, and it's a good prayer, but then you see the context of that prayer. But here it is, Psalm 67. God be merciful to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us. I love that. But then I started reading the rest of that psalm, and it really let me know how important missions are. Okay, be merciful, bless us, cause your face to shine us on us, that you may be known on earth your salvation among all nations. Amen. You know, Nathan, why has God blessed America so? Yeah, it's obvious. So we can be that blessing to mm-hmm. to all the others that uh, we come in contact with, um, and you know you can say that as a as a group of people like you know American Christians, or you can say that as an individual like myself. And uh, you know we're blessed to be a blessing. It's maybe cliche, but it's true. And um, you know it's important to always, always remember to hold both of those together and not separate them. We're you know, we're just in it for the blessing, and it stops with us. But, you know, we're to be that channel, that uh, mm-hmm. vessel that the blessings flow through. Um, I had a question for Bo and was just curious. So, uh, and you've, you've been on other mission trips as well, but just, Bo, how, how is ministry in a local church, whether it's youth ministry or just some sort of pastoral ministry, how is that different, and how is it the same as uh, maybe a— you know, doing work on, on a mission field in another country. Are there some similarities or are there some differences? Yes, I'll start with differences. <laughs> um, I, I believe there's total freedom there. Um, I think they're hungry, and um, they were open for every word of uh, that we would share with them. So I, I think that the, um, the the field is ready for harvest, and they're open-hearted, Um that would be some of the uh, difference between here because it's there's so many other competitions here. Surely in the youth world, you're you're battling sports, you're battling every bit of entertainment, um, anything that America could offer them uh, can catch their eyes and their heart. And we're fighting that here in in the youth ministry. But there, um, I, I believe that there's an, a little bit more open freedom um, to reach them very quickly. And so, with saying that, if I would encourage anybody to uh, take that step to take a mission trip and, and see the difference because um, the similarities are, to me, very close to the same. Their hearts are broken. Um, they're looking for love. They're looking for an identity. And Jesus Christ is the answer to every bit of that. I had a little young girl that asked me, um, what do I do 
My dad comes home drunk every day. Alcoholism is big there. Alcoholism is big here. And for me being a child of an alcoholic, it broke my heart to see the similarity between someone that couldn't even speak my language and me. And so the similarities are the same. They're, They're searching for identity. They're searching to belong. They're searching for love. And they're they're searching for Jesus, and we need to be the ones to to carry Jesus to them. So, uh, those are the difference and similarities I saw on on my level. Jeff, thank you for carrying that guy. <laughs> I mean, you know, I I'm not going to look at him, but his heart came through, and that's the heart that 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 Bo has that Nathan and I were talking about earlier, and we yeah. praise God for it. I want to go back to the pastors that are there for a moment. They're training. And I, again, I'm not talking about the degrees and all of that, but they're training to help those that come to Christ in discipleship. Is is it strong, weak, or just – could you answer that? I know that's a, yeah. maybe a question that – a little bit. But, you know, uh, I've, I've to the mission people I've talked to, they said winning them is, is – is not as hard as discipling them. Right. So, yeah, winning them to Christ, the, the people that's in West Africa or in Zimbabwe, and that's my two experiences, those people uh, will respond to whatever religion is offered to them first, basically, whether it's Islam or tribal, um, ancestral, or, or Christianity. They will respond. Now, now, the challenge is, uh, Brother Bird, is there's very little material for them in the villages for discipleship. Uh, when we were going to um, the crusade one evening, we had to stop. Uh, Mother Nature called us to stop in the middle of the road, and I noticed a guy walking down the road. He was an older man. Matter of fact, he was 72 years old, and he's walking up to the van, and I'm assuming, uh, Brother Bird, he wants a ride to the uh, crusade or, or somewhere. The first thing that he said out of his mouth, he said in a deep English uh, voice, I am truly the prodigal son. The next thing he said, does anybody have a Bible I can have? This, this guy's 72 years old. He's not asking for a ride. He's not asking for money. He wants to know, is there an extra Bible? We gave him a Gideon's New Testament, and he opened it up to 1 John chapter 1, and that's how he said it. He began to read. And uh, gosh, it just opened my eyes. There's such a need for discipleship material. Bibles. I mean, they need Bibles. They need uh, discipleship material. And without that material, what you end up having is pastors preaching uh, and doing the best that they can, that, that they can. Uh, but if you know those resources would make a huge difference uh, in discipleship, and uh, I think it is a challenge there. I think it's something that uh, we're working with this team that we're working with in Zimbabwe that we are certainly uh, have noticed that and trying to respond in, in a good way. One of our partners here at AFR is that of supplying Bibles, especially yeah. in Africa, that they are desperately needed. Mm-hmm. And Nathan, the neat part is English being so taught in the schools and used there, uh, you don't have to go through as quite as many translations as you would in Asia or uh, the Pacific Islands, you know. 
uh, it's an open opportunity there if we could get a glimpse of it and supply those discipleship ministries. And I, mm-hmm. I, the reason I bring that to your attention, Nathan, that's your heart, man. You, you've been a part of it and just discipling uh, people. It's, it's vital, and but having having the right uh, information and the right materials is vital, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very important. And, you know, English is a very useful, uh, probably the most useful and universal language uh, in the world. Um, and so it does make it easier and simpler. Um, at the same time, you want to be able to, you know, speak to people's heart language um, where they don't have to, you know, translate everything uh you know, in their hearts or in their minds. Uh, but we know the Holy Spirit also, you know, he does that. And, uh, you know, as important as a lot of these uh, printed materials or even video-based materials may or may not be, um, you know, we have God's Word in our hearts. We have the Holy Spirit indwelling us. And we have the commission of Jesus to go make disciples. If that's all we have, you know, that's really all we need. Um, and But it takes, you know, his his people, God's people being willing to to go and be that vessel, be that uh, blessing to those people. So, um, you know, we've been given all we need. Um, and I do have a, a, a thought about or a question for, for Jeff. I'd love to hear his thoughts. Um, we're going to assume it's important. We would probably all agree it's important for a pastor to either lead a local church in mission involvement or maybe at least facilitate that, you know, to a, to a degree. Uh, so assuming that it's important, um, what are some of the benefits for a local church, for a pastor to be involved in, in missions? Well, that's a good question, Nathan. And, uh, man, I, I think the benefits and the importance of that, we could talk about a long, long time. What, what is my experience is it's opened my eyes to, uh, such a much bigger Christianity. I, I truly understand this is my father's world, and he holds the world in the palm of his hands. It um, it just creates in you a hunger also when you're on those type of missions to uh, serve people, and it just revives uh, the pastor. I mean, it, it, it's uh, it's a lot of hard work. It's tiring, but I tell you, it puts uh, it puts wood on my fire, and uh, it, it's exciting. Uh, and, and also, too, when you get to church, when, when they catch that vision that God has given us, especially in, in the book of Acts or in the New Testament, it, it creates some unity in your church. It creates some excitement in your church. And when someone buys a Bible and hands it to you and tells you to give it to somebody uh, that's uh, overseas, they feel like they are contributing, and they are. And it's just uh, vitally important that we stay focused on the entire world, our, yes, our local community, we do that. Uh, but but God tells us, as we've already said in this, uh, go to the ends of the earth. And so, yeah, I, I could talk a lot about that. I know I know our time is running short, but yes, it is very very important for we to look beyond our doors. Our guest today has been Jeff Lawrence, pastor, Bethlehem United Methodist Church in Albany, Bo Hefner. And he is works with youth, uh, has worked with youth all our time. He's an employee here on that mission trip to Zimbabwe. Nathan, uh, it puts it on heart. When we hear somebody's been there, it makes us want to pray for them a little harder, doesn't it? It sure does. And just you know, know that, like uh, Jeff said, our Father has a big world. He's a big God, and He's on mission, and He can use each of us in that mission. 
He's blessed us. We need to bless others as we carry the message of Jesus Christ across the street and around the world. And I pray he'd use you. Put it, let him put it on your heart where he wants you to go.